Well, again, happy Mother's Day, ladies. We are so glad that you're here today. And I um, wanted to uh, share, share a verse that maybe you haven't heard in Scripture before. If I've read it, I've read over it a million times. I can't believe I would have ever missed it. But I thought maybe you might be able to use this. And so this is the verse, this new verse that I discovered this week. It comes out of Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. 30, verse 17. It says the eye. We're talking about a literal eye here, okay? It says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother, you ready for this? Will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Proverbs 30. Okay, let's close in prayer. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, shall we pray? But there is a, a scripture that does provide a great promise when it comes to kind of honoring, not coming to, but and, and honoring your mom and honoring your parents. It's, a, it's the first commandment the Bible says with a promise, and it comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 originally. And I want us to, to take a look at that. Exodus 20, 12, it's very simple. It says this, it says to honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is given you. The first commandment that God gave with an actual promise, it says, if you honor your mom, okay, that you will live longer, okay? Because, believe it or not, your mom knows a few things, no matter what age you are, or you think that you know, right, that you probably don't know. A little bit of wisdom there, and it comes from Scripture, so don't let your eyes be eaten out, and let's, let's honor your parents, okay? Let's, uh, let's really show some, some respect to them. But seriously, I, I learned a lot of things from my mom, and I really wish my mom could be here today. I know many of you know her well, because she was with us for a long time, um, doing what Beth has so graciously been doing for us as other volunteers have helped her in helping with a, the with a cafe. Um, I learned a lot of things from my mom. And my mom, one of the, the, the earliest memories I have is being um, kind of at her feet, my dad's feet, when they were in a, a Christian band called Sunshine, S-O-N, Shine. And uh, just kind of running around with the other kids as little rugrats. And my mom had a guitar when she was pregnant with me that this, had this strap when she was just playing out to here, you know. And that leather strap she had singing for Jesus, I'll never forget the, I think it was probably a Father's Day that she had given that to me. But my mom is a godly mom. But I've learned other things from her as well. I've learned the value of, of hard work from my mom, the value of not giving up. My mom later in life decided that she was going to go ahead and go back to college again and went back to the University of Florida. Not some community college, which is fine, but she decided she was going to just shoot for the stars and go to the University of Florida and ended up graduating with a computer engineering degree. And I'm like, good Lord, Ma, okay? And so I learned the value of hard work from her, and you would see her as well. I think Beth is, is a lot like her, just, just incessant, never stopping, always going here in the wee hours to set up and to tear down and to help in any way that she could. I learned grace and unconditional love from her as well as she was there for me as I made some, some pretty big mistakes in my life. It's always good to know that, that your mom will welcome you home, you know? No matter what you've gone through, no matter the mistakes that you've made, the, that mom will be there for you. 
I know if you remember the, the video we, sh we showed last year about the mom goggles, you know, but there's some way that, that mothers see their children that it's just always filled with the grace of God. And so she's had, she showed me grace and unconditional love. I think that's something that I've, that I've learned from her. I think something else that I've learned from my mother is, is to, to share out loud. I think this is key. To share out loud the love and encouragement that you have for others. It's one thing to, to love someone. It's another thing to really share that with them. I remember, I've heard from my mom numerous times. Numerous times, I'm proud of you. Maybe some of you haven't heard that from, from, your, from your father, from your mother. I don't know. But from my mom in particular, I hear it from her all the time. I'm proud of you. It's important to say some things out loud sometimes, isn't it? You know, it's just the old joke, the, you know, the, the wife says to her husband, you know, you never, you never tell me you love me anymore. And he's like, well, I, I've, I've loved you all along. And if that changes, I'll let you know. You know, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. You should continually share how you feel. Let it out loud, especially the good things, okay? Especially the good things, in particular the good things. You can keep the other things, you know, you don't need to bring those out, per se. But express that love that you have. And I would encourage you today to express that love in particular to your mom. Maybe you thought it for a long time. And maybe you haven't said some things in a while. Maybe today's the day to really, you know, stop and to say, Mom, I, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but I love you. I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for all the things that you have done for me. And, of course, uh, one of the biggest things I've learned from my mom is a love and, and a passion for the Lord. As I mentioned, from singing in a Christian band when I was just a kid to watching her um, support children across the world and things like Compassion International and whatnot, going into her bathroom when I'm over at her house and, realize, and seeing the mirror in her bathroom that's got scripture written down on it, always keeping that in front of her. And so there's a lot of things I know that you have learned from your mother. There's a lot of things that you hold on to. And Scripture supports that, and we're going to look at some passages today that, that tell us even more than the, the passage from Exodus and how we should honor and respect our mothers. And I want to speak to two groups of people today, really. Actually, three. I want to talk to moms for a minute, I want to talk to children, and I want, I want to talk to husbands. And some of you fulfill both of those roles, or a couple of those roles, as a mom and as a child. Okay, And, and the first thing I want to look at was a great passage that comes from 1 Samuel chapter 1. We find an example of a, a pretty, pretty unique mother in 1 Samuel chapter 1. It's a lady named, named Hannah who at, up until this point uh, did, not, did not have a child. And she desperately wanted a child. And, and Scripture says in, in 1 Samuel, if, you, if I have that in there, if you'd put it up for everybody, it says that she continued praying before the Lord, and it was something that was very deep in her heart. And uh, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth, and it says Hannah was speaking in her heart, and only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. And it says, therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. You know, what's, <laughs> you know she was just, just passionately praying. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put away wine from you. But Anna, Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I'm a, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. 
I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. And then Eli answered, Go in peace, and, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she says this, she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. And the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. She unloaded that burden to the Lord. It says, They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah, this is her husband, knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But it says, But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped worship the Lord there. Here's a lady who had a, a deep desire to have a child. And the Lord blesses her with a child. And you see what she does with Samuel. One of the, the biggest things that we see in mothers that we truly need to recognize is this whole idea of sacrifice. Moms that are continually giving up things so that their kids can have more, can have better, can be taken care of. Sacrifices in, in so many different ways. And, and here we see Hannah, the, the only child that she has that she's been blessed with God, and she truly offers up her child to the Lord. He's lent to the Lord for the rest of his life, and so it says Samuel actually grew up in the house of the Lord and, and was a priest before God. Even as a, as a young child, she had promised God that, and she followed through. I think one of the biggest things that, that I would encourage moms this morning as well is, is First of all, we applaud you for your sacrifice, but one of the things that, that's important is, is that you do, and I believe it, that many of you already understand this, offer up your children to the Lord, that you put them in God's hands. Now, that's one of the things that, that many of you have done in, in church in, in having a dedication of your children, dedicating your children to God because God is truly the, the, the number one person that needs to be in our children's lives. They're the ones, God is the one that truly needs to be in control. So I want to encourage you to, to offer up your children, to kind of keep that mindset this morning that, that your children truly belong to the Lord, that He's the one that's in control, that needs to, truly needs to be in control. 
The other thing is this, is to, is to offer up yourselves. We're going to look at Proverbs 31. Now, Proverbs 31, I've, I've talked to, to other ladies before, and, and Proverbs 31 to some ladies just becomes this depressing chapter. How in the world could this lady do all this stuff? And they compare themselves to, the, as we say, the Proverbs 31 woman, and they think, I'm a failure. But in, in all the stuff as we go through, she does this, she does that, it gets down to, to this point at the bottom, which I think is really key. It says that her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. And this is a key verse in verse 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her. And the gates, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman whose focus is on God really kind of comes above all these other things. I may not be great at laundry. I may not be the greatest cook. I may not be whatever it is you fill in the blank. And I'm sure you children and husbands would never ever say that, especially today of all days. But the thing that matters is, is, is my mom a woman of God? Does she love Jesus? Does she care about the Lord? Where is her heart? Which is the, the third thing. Offer up your children, offer up yourselves, and then focus on your heart. There's another great passage that I believe applies to, to all women, not just mothers, that comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about the, the way that the women are, are truly made beautiful. The world has their perspective and their ideas of, of what a beautiful woman is and what they should look like, be like. But this is what Scripture has to say. It says, do not let your, your adorning be external. Not just on the outside. I think in some, some passages or some versions it says merely external. It's not that God says just go ahead and it's okay, you know, just look like a slob. All right? But it's not... Focusing on the external, the braiding of hair, it says, and the putting on of gold jewelry or the, or the clothing you wear. Okay? Those things are fine. But let the adorning be this. Let the real focus of your beauty be this, that, that the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable, imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is in God's sight is very precious. It says, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. With this inner beauty, with this inner desire, with this inner passion to follow the Lord. That's what's beautiful. That's what's gorgeous. That's what's amazing is a woman that loves God. And it really, really comes to, to the heart, doesn't it? We've been talking a lot about the heart over the last couple of weeks. And, and so I would say to, to moms, offer up your children, offer up yourselves, and, and to focus on your heart. Do you have this, this, this heart that is passionate and in love with Jesus? I want to throw up a couple of verses just to, to kind of talk about the heart for a moment. Proverbs chapter 4, verses, verse 23 it says this, Proverbs 4, 23. Do I have that? There we go. 
It says to keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flows springs of life. To, to keep your heart essentially, and I think this is another version's means, essentially to guard your heart. Because things can get in our heart, things can, can grow in our heart or take residence there that, that don't belong. A heart that is set on the Lord is a, is a peaceful heart. It's a heart that's in a, a different place than, than many hearts that we find in the world sometimes. It says, to keep that verse up for me if you would. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. If your heart is in the right place, if you're full of passion and love for the Lord, it just becomes easy, easier, if you will, to continually be that mother that you want to be, to be that wife that you want to be. From your heart flow springs of life. What are we, what are we guarding and protecting our hearts from? I think sometimes it's from, from earthly advice and earthly counsel. It says if you really want to be happy, this is what you can do. This is what you should do. Right? From things that, that pull your focus away from the Lord. Sometimes uh, we have to guard our heart from past mistakes. And we see ourselves a certain way, and we forget how God actually sees us. What does God see when he looks at you? One of the things that it seems, and, and I'm no expert, but women deal with is insecurities. Insecure for this reason or for that reason. We all have different kinds of insecurities, whether you're a woman or not. But how, do you, how you see yourself is key. How God sees you is truly the most important perspective that needs to be taken into consideration. Guarding your heart in the sense of knowing, no, this is what God has to say. I'm not listening to this. I'm not taking this into my heart. The only things I am taking into my heart are the things that God has to say. I think the other thing is to guard your heart from as well is to see your accomplishments as, as a mother, if you will, the way that God sees. There's always this issue of comparison, not just in, in the typical insecurities, if you will, but there are insecurities about being a mother. I'm, I don't know how good of a mother I am compared to this mother. Well, this mother just gets up every morning and makes her kids this and, and does everything there is to do with their kids. But I'm working a job, and how am I going to get there and do this and be that? And, and there's this big long list of all the things, as long as your arm, right, that a, the, the best mother should be. We read these things, we see these things, but what's God's perspective? What are you judging yourself against? What are you letting into your heart? The things that everyone else says, everyone out in the world says, are the things that God has to say. God says that the, the first thing, the key thing, is a, is a heart that's set upon Him. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, we know this passage, familiar, we're familiar with it, but think about your heart, if you will. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not in what everyone else says, right? Not what the magazines say. Not in what the other mothers at school say. The ones that are there for every soccer game or, or whatever it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make straight your paths. You're familiar with that passage. Another one out of Proverbs in ver, uh, chapter 14, verse 30 says this, it says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. 
Yeah, it's a pretty tense verse, right? A tranquil heart, though, that gives life to the flesh, a peaceful heart. Which gets us to this passage we've been looking at for the last three or four weeks out of Colossians, just to remind you again and to keep this in front of you. This heart that's ruled by peace. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says this, And let the peace of Christ, what? What's the next word? Say it again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Nothing else. The peace of Christ, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now to children, I like to say this, and that's pointing to myself, okay, as well. We started out with this a little bit. But let's look at what Proverbs chapter 6 has to say. Proverbs chapter 6, we read some interesting verses about honoring our mothers. It mentions our father as well, but it says this. As far as listening, first of all, here's, here's the thing. Listen to your mom, right? This isn't just for, you know, looking back at, you know, Diane, our, our younger kids here. You know, all you guys, this is for, for me as well. Listen to my mom. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. It's interesting in this passage that you know, typically we're hearing about what, what God has to say. Hopefully, this is assuming, I believe, that the mother's teachings, of course, are those that she's gleaned and gained from the word of God. But it says to listen to your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over, over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. We've seen verses like this in, in the Old Testament in particular that talk about God's word being a light to our path. But a godly mother, a godly woman, has such great advice that it can be taken the same way. Listen to what your mom has to say. Hold tightly to what she teaches you. Because there's, there's wisdom in our mothers. And I think this is key, and I want to speak to, to husbands for a second. In Ephesians chapter 5, I think this is a, a huge and a great reminder to us. I think one of the, the biggest things that, that mothers need is, is support from their husbands. Would any woman, any uh, mother agree with that? Would you, can we give like a hearty amen to that? Okay? All right. And so, there are things that, you know, husbands, that, that our wives need that... The, Maybe you don't always want to do. Maybe you don't always want to be there for. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Okay? Maybe there are times that you're, you're irritated. You know, no, never. Let's be honest. Okay? We all have those times, those moments where you are not the perfect husband. Or you, you think, man, I've been working, you know, so many jobs. Or I've been working all day, this, that. I'm not going to come home and then do this and, and then do that or whatever it is. You know the scenario. Okay? Don't pretend like you don't. This is real life church, okay? 
But here's the reminder that we need. Here's what the Lord says to us. He says, husbands, love your wives. And we could just stop there, right? But here's why God describes love in the Bible, because we have this ability to take general things and think, for me it means this, and for that person it means this, and for this person, no, this is what love looks like, right? If you remember 1 Corinthians, love is what? Patient? Oh, i got to be patient? Well, I wasn't really thinking about that when I was thinking about loving my wife. I was just thinking about holding their hand. No, there's, there's patience involved. There's kindness. There's, there's forgiveness. There's all these things. But husbands, love your wives. How? How do you love her? As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What did Christ do for the church? He died. Guys, you're still here. You're still breathing. You haven't gone far enough. <laughs> what excuse do we have? Okay. He gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, and therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. But you see that the whole rest of that passage is about a husband really earning that respect, isn't it? There's, there's some things that stick out, men, in that particular passage. And the number one thing, I believe, is sacrifice. Talked about how, how literally Christ gave himself for the church. There's this mentality, if we're going to support our wives, we're going to support those that are, that are mothers, okay, is that she is put first. That there is such a, a sacrifice in our lives that she is put above ourselves. God is always first, but then there's this mentality that she is put first, that there's this willingness to, be, to love her like you love your, your own flesh, but this aspect of sacrifice. There's, there's this description of protection that's taken place there as well. Christ gave himself for the church, and he was, he was willing to, to protect the church as well, to, to nourish the church. Are you nourishing your wife? Are you, are you providing encouragement and love and nourishment to the sense that uh, you're, you're doing things for her growth, for her to move forward, for her to be the woman that God has called her to be, and of course to, to cherish and to love her? Your moms, you have a huge job, huge, huge job. Today is a day to, to stop and to honor you. To remember the things you've done. To verbally and physically express the love that we, that we have for you. 
but we recognize that it is a, a tough job. What I, want us, what I want us to do this morning is to, uh, to honor our, our mothers in this way, okay? If, if you are a mom, and I know we're kind of, this might be a little challenge, but I want you to kind of stay in the center. I want the rest of us to kind of gather around you and pray for you today. Can we do that as we close? Let's, let's stand. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to gather and to worship you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and to, to honor our mothers today. Lord, we uh, thank you for the blessing that they've been in our lives. And Lord, today we just pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, we pray that, that you would remind them, Lord, that you walk with them. Lord, that uh, I pray that you would just strengthen them, Lord, in the responsibilities that they have. Lord, I pray that you would guard their hearts. Lord, that they would know that they are loved by you. And Lord, I pray that they would see themselves, Lord, the way that you do. Lord, so very, so very treasured and highly valued and uh, just precious jewels. Lord, we, we, I pray, Lord, for, uh, for husbands today as well, Lord, that we would truly honor our wives, Lord, that we would uh, love with a sacrificial love. Lord, let us truly be encouragers and supporters. And uh, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for everything that you've done for us. We love you. Lord, we just, uh, we just uh, exalt in you. We thank you for this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Amen.